I'm at the airport and about to board my flight to Orlando, which means Iapa Madness is about to begin. Whoop whoop! Can't wait to see you all. Hello, this is Chris Ling, and I'm actually speaking from the car driving down International Drive, which I guess I shouldn't be on the phone doing that. This is so weird, like because everything looks the same and it feels like nothing has changed. And it really feels like actually going to a place uh, you just know so very well. It's not just like going home, but it's, it's, you know, there's so many memories coming up when you drive down and you see all the hotels left and right. And yeah, this makes me very excited. So yeah, I can't wait what's happening in the next couple of days. Okay, seriously, this is the best part of the day. Going down the escalators, this is what I call arriving at the craziness. Ah, the IAPA Expo. It's the largest annual gathering in our industry. And despite myriad challenges, IAPA Expo 2021 took place in person, November 15th through 19th in Orlando, Florida. But you know, people were unsure of what the experience would actually be like, and many were simply just unable to attend. So we got to thinking, and here at Impart Tracks, we recruited four industry professionals to act as embedded reporters at IAPA, asking them to record their thoughts before, during, and after the event. Today, we'll relive IAPA Expo 2021 through the first-hand account of four attendees. I'm your host, Philip Hernandez, and in this special edition of Impart Tracks, we bring you the Ayapa Diaries. Now at the top of the show, you heard from two of our attendees. My name is David Bavietz. I am a music composer and music producer. My name is Chris Lang. I have a design studio here in Berlin, Germany, and I'm a creative director and work for and with clients all over the world. In a few moments, you'll also be hearing from Clara. I am Clara Rice. I'm the Director of Communications at JRA, and I'm also on the International Board and the Global Sponsorship Chair for the Themed Entertainment Association. The first thing we wanted to know, of course, was what each attendee really wanted to get out of IAPA Expo. Our fourth and final diarist sums that up perfectly. My name is MK Haley. I'm faculty at UT Austin in the Arts and Entertainment Technologies Department, which is in the College of Fine Arts, and I focus on themed entertainment design. I'm looking forward to getting sort of the pulse of where the industry is at right now. Does it feel as if things are turning back on slowly? Is anyone confident enough to fund and budget for original new attraction creation, particularly for my students, or, or maybe for everyone, but students are better about articulating it. There's this thin layer of terror, like I'll never get a job, or when will I get the job? And so they're approaching it with trepidation, and I'm going to try and do a little recon gathering. Because if you look at the business folks, they're predicting our industry is going to explode by, by 2025, 2026, because there's this pent-up demand. But that's a little bit of a ways out. You know, it would be interesting to see what does the near-term future feel like for all of us as recovery kind of starts. Listening to the tape from our attendees, themes kept coming up over and over. For starters, it was clear that preparing for the week at IAPA is almost as important as the week itself. It is 4.30 in the morning. I'm about to leave for the airport. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, where it's about... 31 degrees and I am ready for some warmth and some sunshine and some palm trees. 
I wanted to take a minute to talk about the things that I do to get ready for the IAPA show. I try to prep my body and mind. I do try the night before to get a workout in and just get the jitters out and the endorphins going and my body set up and ready to go for all the walking and the heels and the long days. And then my mind, I try to do a meditation while I'm on the plane just to kind of clear my head, calm myself, get focused, and again, get mentally prepared for the week ahead. And then the third thing that I do, and this is not a blatant plug for Impark Magazine, is that I do my research. I read all of the trades. I try to get as much of the news as I can. And then these mergers, acquisitions, patents, projects, products become conversation topics with different companies and a way for me to meet new clients and friends and have some talking points in my back pocket. I've been doing a bit of reading on the press releases that came out in the show so far. Looks like it's just over half the attendance that we had in 2019. In part, it'll make it maybe a little more intimate. It used to be very intimidating and overwhelming to see the rows and rows and rows of exhibitors might make it a little bit more manageable. It feels um, a little smaller. So I've got some comfortable walking shoes. I'm looking forward to my first day on the show floor tomorrow. I have a few meetings with vendors who I'm interested in doing some educational partnerships with and some meetings with dear friends who is going to up and down the show floor with me. So I'm looking forward to a good day. Much of the IAPA Expo experience takes place on the trade show floor. By the way, in Track 7, IAPA 2021 interview, you can hear Impark's Judy Rubin and Martin Palicki analyze the trade show elements. That's in our feed. That's only half the story. So much of the event takes place in other spaces, both in and around the convention center. Today, we are headed off to the Academic Symposium. This is an event that is co-supported, sponsored by both IAPA and the TEA, Theme and Entertainment Association. Um, and this is an opportunity for academics in this space to both present their research and work on standardizing some of the best practices and policies that support academics in the world. My two favorite sessions were, there was one on the nature of rivalry, which was really interesting. Everything from sports rivalry to political rivalry to video gamers and theme park fans. And I think it's important to understand human beings uh, and when we design things, particularly when we market and, and evolve them over time. And then there's another really great session on the New York experience, which was a show that feels very American adventure with, you know, multiple projectors and special effects and bunting that pops out of the ceiling. It ran for 15 years in New York City, and it was a precursor to some of the really great immersive slide-based, not not terribly technology-forward experiences. So it's nice to get a little bit of a peek from an academic into the evolution of some of these things that we all work on, see where they came from. I'd like to talk about Sean McCoy's wonderful session because I thought that was one of the most memorable moments of the entire conference. He and Cynthia Sharp have been doing this Emerging Trends and Immersive Design session. This was the 10th time. At the end, they said instead of celebrating our aluminum anniversary with some kind of gift, please open the envelope that's on your seat. And so we all picked up the envelope that was on our seat and it was the resume and cover letter of somebody that couldn't afford to be here. And she said, I'm not asking you to hire them. I'm just asking you to give them 15 minutes of your time. And that was so incredibly powerful. 
there are people that desperately want to be here and for some reason or another just can't? And what are the systems we can create that will make our industry more inclusive and more just? Any community that's been traditionally marginalized deserves a seat at the table. We need to not leave a seat for them, but build a seat for them. Because if you're just leaving a seat, you're saying, come into our established space. But when you're letting them build their own table and their own seat, then they are the champion of their own destiny instead of you as a non-traditionally marginalized person telling a marginalized group of people how they are supposed to interact with your industry and your dance space. Of course, some of the more popular events took place outside the convention center completely, and our attendees took advantage of the wide range of attractions around Orlando. I did make sure, as long as I was in town, to poke around and see some of the things that were new in themed entertainment in the Orlando area. I was super lucky to be able to see the new Cirque du Soleil show at Disney Springs, Drawn to Life. It was magnificent. I spent Sunday and Monday in theme parks, seeing all new attractions like the Born Stunt Show or the new coaster in Jurassic World over an island of adventures. And that was all super fun. And yesterday, I finally got to see Rise of the Resistance at Disney's Hollywood Studio. And that was fun as well. Super impressive. I went to Icon Park and checked out the Madame Tussauds and the Sea Life Aquarium in Orlando here. And actually, I worked on the Sea Life a long time ago, but I never saw it finished. So today going there was really cool because it's so nice to see people having fun in those attractions again and how they interact with the fish, how they interact with the Vex figures. So that was really cool to see how much fun just everybody has and like and bigger groups. So I'm just very glad I came some days early and could squeeze in and having just fun like a little kid. I had the lovely opportunity yesterday, Sunday, to go to Epcot for the Food and Wine Festival. And I go by myself as kind of a secret shopper and also to remind myself why we do this every day. The last ride I got to ride was Mission Space. And because I was by myself, I got paired with a group of three people who spoke no English. I spoke no Spanish. But yet for that few minutes together, we understood the universal language of thrill, of scream, of tension, of victory when our mission was successful. And that really just reiterated to me why we do this every day because experience, joy, thrill, that transcends language, that transcends culture, that transcends identity. It really is something that we all share. For many in the IAPA community, our jobs are about creating connections for the public at large. As Clara just said, the shared experience that strangers can have at an attraction connects them together, even if only for a brief period. It also builds connections between guests and a brand, or a park and a museum, and even connects people to ideas themselves. And the IAPA Expo is a major event that helps us, the creators of these experiences, make our own connections within the industry. Now, that had been challenging, though not impossible, during the year and a half or so of virtual events. I feel like IAPA this year is going to be one big reunion of 
friends and friends getting back together and reconnecting. One super cool thing I did on the Friday was having lunch with my very dear friend Drew Hunter, who is with Sally um, Corporation, who has been, you know, such a good friend over the years. Sometimes we only see each other like once a year. Doing IAPA, we try more often, but that was nice to see him again and actually have a nice lunch together. I just had one of the most exceptional experiences of IAPA where I got to have a reunion with a dear, dear friend of mine who was truly the person who got me to IAPA, who introduced me to this industry. Because our entire industry is project-based. You know, it's not an industry where just the students coming out of college are looking for jobs. All of us are always looking for jobs. So any relationship building, mentorship that we can work on for the industry as a whole is valuable to everyone. This whole, you know, rising tides, raise all ships kind of idea. One of my mentors in the business is Phil Hartley. And he's always been such a just kind and mentoring figure to me. I didn't realize I was going to see him because he's from England. So to be able to, to have that moment, it was really, really special. You just can't get that from a screen. You can't get a hug from a, sc a screen. You can't get that reassuring hand on the shoulder or pat on the back with a computer. Uh, you can't get the emotion from a screen that you can get from that face-to-face. -face. I've done a lot of virtual conferences during the pandemic. And from a business perspective, the impromptu nature of doing business is gone with those virtual conferences. We've had so many people walk over from an aisle just because they liked what they saw in our booth. Those moments of serendipity cannot happen on screen. As valiant an effort as so many associations and, and other outlets that have done virtual conferences has tried to provide, it's just not the same. So what's the verdict? Was all the prep work, the travel, the COVID tests, the long days at the trade show, and even longer nights at events actually worth it? Were the connections made during IAPA Expo 2021 valuable? Every once in a while, my students have an option to go to a guest lecture or something, right? And the students who don't go, like, whatever, I was busy. But the students who go always say, oh, I'm so glad I went. You know, my life was no better or worse when I didn't go, but it was slightly better when I went. So that's my attitude. I think a nice way to sum it up, Adam Bizarre had said, thanks for a wonderful, exhausting, emotional, and hope-filled week. And he certainly did nail that. It was all of those things. This has been Impark Tracks, the audio companion to Impark Magazine. For more information and to sign up for a free subscription, visit imparkmagazine.com slash subscribe. Impark Tracks is a production of Impark Magazine. Our executive producers are Philip Hernandez and Martin Palicki. This episode was edited by me with post-production by David Swope. The Impark staff includes Judith Rubin, Joe Kleiman, and Jordan Suha. Philip here again. We discovered one other big theme that all of our attendees encountered. It's a little bit, well, unusual. But anyone who has actually spent a day or two at IAPA will know exactly what we're talking about. Obviously, my feet hurt. Everybody's feet hurt after walking the trade show floor. Standing in high heels, that's the other thing I'm not looking forward to, is standing at the booth for eight hours in, uh, in high heel pumps. The incredibly uncomfortable shoes I'll probably be wearing and regretting on day one and then switching to comfy sneakers on day two, which seems to be the pattern I repeat every single year. Day one, look good. Day two, be comfortable. <laughs>